o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is Wine Metal Wednesday, though we're not giving away a bottle of Talon wine today, but if you're going to a holiday party, a New Year's Eve party, can't think of a better gift to take, the host, than a bottle of Talon wine. So you can text or call us today, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team, phone line 970-242-1340. After the Broncos lost the Patriots on Christmas Eve, that, that last drive, which led to ultimately the Patriots kicking the game-winning field goal, that on that uh, on that particular series, there was a screen pass to Samaji Pirine, there was a three-yard loss, then Russ threw two incomplete passes to Pirine and Kroll. And people say, well, look, look what Russ is making. It's time to move on from Russell Wilson. And the more we look at this, the more we go, you really can't. And right now, what are you going to get that's going to be dramatically better than Russell Wilson? Because it's got to be better then. It can't be mm-hmm. as good as. Well, and potentially the, the minute they get rid of Russ with the dead cap it and then sign another quarterback... His first incompletion is going to be, well, and now we're paying two quarterbacks a ridiculous amount to throw incompletions. Right. I mean, there's there's no winning. No, you, unfortunately, by the extension, you kind of put yourself in you're a bit hamstrung. of... You put yourself in a box a little bit. You, you're hamstrung by, by what you thought was going to be a really good move. Mm-hmm. Because if Russell Wilson does play like the Russell Wilson that played, which you look at his numbers, this is kind of that guy, right? We've looked at that. Yeah. This you are you are getting what Russell Wilson is, and so you. But you felt like it was going to be more, I guess, of the the, the individual numbers of a Russ Cooks kind of campaign. But still, we look at the numbers. Touchdown interception wise, he's among the league leaders. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose that game because of Russell Wilson. 238, two touchdowns, took care of the football. I, I, I just, once again, it's it's knee jerk. It's, hey, let's let's blame the quarterback because that's that's the guy that's getting paid all the money. It's it's Russell Wilson, goofy Russell Wilson who's not pl- playing the way everybody thought he would play. You would have killed for this version of Russ last year. Yeah. I would have. No, 100%. And I am looking at this. This is pro football reference. Through the first 11 seasons, not counting this one, Russell Wilson has averaged 15.7 games per season. So say 15. He's played 15 this year. So let's... Take a, I'm going to give you a number. You tell me if it's career average or this season. Let's play that game real quick. So that sounds like fun. Okay. 64% completion percentage. Is that his career average or this season? For Russ? Yes. Because uh, I looked at this the other day. Mm-hmm. It's around career average, I believe. That is his career average. Yeah. You know what it is this year? 664 That's It's better. Better than. Yeah. 3,600 yards. Average for his... That's his career average. Yeah, he's at 3,000 this year. Yeah. And he's still got two mm-hmm. games left to go. 
28 and 9 is his touchdown interception ratio. He's at 26 and 8. That's right they're there. All, they're all all the numbers people loved mm-hmm. about him. His quarterback rating career or season this year, 100.2. Which one do you think that is? You think that's career average or this season? I'll say career average. That is correct. You know what his rating is this year? 98. So drastically different. And here's something else to think about, too. That's this not week, even a fever. Yeah, now, this was going into this, this, this last weekend, so keep this in mind, but NFL.com, they had their quarterback rankings where they had Brock Purdy number one. Mm-hmm. I think that took a bit of a hit after... A little bit, yeah. <laughs> after that game against the Ravens. You know where Russ... Okay, where's Russ? Is he in the top 15? Of MVP voting? Of, uh, no, of the rankings. Of the, oh. their quarterback power rankings. No, not MVP, but their quarterback power rankings. Is he in the top 15? I must say yes, but barely. It's 13th. Yeah. He's 13th in that group. Which puts him, let's see, Jordan Love is one spot ahead of him. Guy that, that he beat, by the way. Mm-hmm. Same um, record. Same record. We can see he lost to Jared Goff. Beat Josh Allen, who's seventh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Looking, I think that's beat Mahomes once, lost once. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is third. Lost to Tua. Hasn't played the Niners, so... That doesn't count for Brock Purdy. With all that happened this last weekend, the most wild thing to me is still the Raiders are in contention for the division yeah, title. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. It's crazy that they're still in that conversation. I would love to say Antonio Pierce has won that job full time, but I have no idea what Mark Davis is gonna do. He should. He should have the job. Give Antonio Pierce that job. It should still be Rich Bisaccia's job. To be honest, he should have had that opportunity. The way he got the he got them to the playoffs. Yeah, he was one score away from beating the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, lost to the Rams. And yeah, I. That's that's still the most wild thing to me. But when you look at the the rankings, though, I mean, Russ is in. What was the thing? If he was in the upper half of quarterbacks, the top the mm-hmm. top fifteen, you'd probably be pretty good. You'd feel pretty good about that. He's in the top fifteen. You should feel pretty good about that. At least I certainly do, though it doesn't mean a, a ton because they're they're a seven win football team mm-hmm. that that's hanging you know by their fingernails onto their hopes of being a playoff team. The range of emotions that Broncos fans have been on this season has got to shave years off their lives from, all right, let's just blow it up, you know, about 10 days before Halloween. Let's just blow it up. Let's let's build for next year. Let's figure out what does Jared Stidham have? Let's see. Let's, let's see what all these young guys have. And then you get to Thanksgiving and you're like, we're back, baby. Yeah, booking tickets for Vegas. Like, should we drive there? It's only seven and eight hours. Should we fly there? I mean, we got to pay extra for seats and bags. And, you know, if we breathe too much, we got to pay more for that. It's on Aligant. And now it's like, oh, Russ is just killing us. This is the worst team in the history of my life. He's the worst quarterback to ever play for the Broncos. He's the worst quarterback to ever play for the Broncos. Where's Drew Locke? Where's Drew Locke? Where's Jay Cutler? Where are all these guys? Just oh. and that's two months <laughs> worth of life. It's 
makes me feel maybe a little kind of bad. Not really. My, but my, here's okay. Here's my take as a Broncos fan. It's been, have I seen progress? Yeah. Is it as much progress as I would like to see? No. No. You throw out the, the Dolphins game. This this team is a much better. We're talking about the Broncos being in playoff contention mm-hmm. almost into the new year. Yeah. Where, where can you say that the last few years? You can't say Not that. Not really. Is it a team that has warts, that has cracks, that has issues? Yes. No doubt about that. Offensively, they've got to get better. They must get better. Defensively, though, let's as much as the big turnaround after mm-hmm. the you know the seventy burger you know given up to the Dolphins, the defense with that great stretch, that five game winning streak, that like sixteen turnovers they forced. The defense has not really helped them a whole lot the last couple of weeks. No, they have played bad against the Lions. Ooh. Speed killed them. Didn't play particularly great against Bailey Zappi. Yeah. And, and, a, and a Patriots offense, while their defense, elite, eighth in total defense, you expected Denver's offense to maybe struggle at times against that unit. Mm-hmm. Led by, of course, with Bill Belichick. At you times. Know, you know, and they, which they did at times. But they also had some success in the yes, fourth they, quarter. He had, he had two touchdowns. I mean, Denver came on late. Mm-hmm. But you also have to... Let's place some blame on the defense here, too. Let's not immediately act like it's all Russ's fault. It's all the offense's fault because it's not. 42 points allowed is not entirely on Russ against no, the Lions. No. And we came out Monday after that, Cake and I, we're talking, and I made the point. The Broncos are average. And some years, that's okay. You've lost to some good teams. You've beaten some good teams. You've lost to some bad teams. You've beaten some bad teams. You are the NFL's definition of average. And if the season ended on an even number of games, you have just as good a chance of being 8-8 as any. And right now, you have just as good a chance of being 9-7 as you do 7-9. But guess what? In the past, you weren't weren't average. No. You weren't a very good good football team. (laughs) You weren't average. Average is progress. It's not not great. It's not what everybody wants. You've won more games in a winning streak this year than you did the previous two years. Yes. Five, you know. You you are better than you were the mm-hmm. season before and the season before that. That's what you have to look at here. And the whole thing of, well, if they don't make the playoffs, it's an epic failure. Stop that stuff. Stop it. Stop it. This team has the ability to be a much better football team in 2024. Mm-hmm. Make some good moves, smart moves. You know, reevaluate the offensive line. I still think that that's that's a that's a, a point that is somewhat better, but still not great. Yeah, you have you have certainly areas like I, I find it, uh, to me Fabian Moreau is fine, but you need to find a, a really good young complementary cornerback to go along with Patrick Sertan. Probably need to look at improving your middle linebacker play, even though Singleton's a tackling machine. Love the outlaw Josie Jewell. But they, they, they lack speed. One thing I and, noticed and that, about... And that, and that has hurts the Broncos, their lack of speed in mm-hmm. the inside linebacker spot where Drew Sanders is supposed to be that guy. Yeah. And he's still a rookie that's trying to figure stuff out. And a lot of Alex Singleton tackles are cleanup tackles, too. Yeah. It's very much a... Little Ty Wigington, uh, eighth inning bit, home run, down yeah. by seven. It's a little bit of the... Well, this wide receiver is 14 yards downfield and nowhere to go because the safeties are in front of him and... Oh, he gets caught from behind by Alex Singleton. 
it's not like Alex Singleton, every tackle, he's making a play, quote unquote. Sometimes it's. He hustles. He's a sideline to sideline yeah. guy, but, but in coverage, he's. He's a good energy guy, but he's, he's not, not. He's a good backup. Yeah. He's not probably a starter. That's why he's not playing with the Eagles anymore. Mm-hmm. And Josie Jewell is a good player, but they, they lack, to me, elite inside linebacker play. They lack one. They have 10 guys on that defense that are not real playmakers outside of Pat Sertan, too. I like Justin Simmons, but I wouldn't classify him as a playmaker. Yeah. You know, he's a safety. He makes some good plays, but he is not a quote-unquote playmaker defensively. Baron Browning once or twice a month. Yeah. Jonathan Cooper. Cooper occasion. Yeah. Zach also a couple, also a a couple of young guy. guys, though, too. Yeah. Still in their second years. You know, so maybe there's something there, but they need one more definitive playmaker. So they probably need two, one on each side of the ball. I don't know if they have a real and playmaker that they, they, they need. you can yeah, rely I, on. I, I agree. And they, they need a, a really consistent pass rusher. Mm-hmm. They really do. I like Baron Browning. Could he become the next Von Miller? And yeah, maybe. Could Jonathan Cooper be that guy? Maybe. They're not there yet. Right. And they they need an impact guy. That's why they part of the reason they drafted Drew Sanders. They thought this could be an impact guy from the inside, rushing the quarterback. He just hasn't figured it out yet. No. But once again, let's we need to go ahead and play this first. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. We spend good money on this stuff, so we need we to use it. Yeah, we got to play it. Are they better than they've been the last couple of years? Yes. It's a definitive yes. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not a, well, yes. They are much, much better. Are they as good as you'd like them to be? No, they're not. People don't have patience anymore. They just don't. People, they they want it, and they want it to all work mm-hmm. now. They want to be they want it to be a playoff team now. Let's get to a couple of texts here uh, from Mr. Bond, Jared Bond. Good morning, Jared. Good morning, gents. I think Denver will try to restructure Wilson's contract. That is something that keeps coming up: is that there could be a restructuring of Russ's deal mm-hmm. that he might that that's might be the next direction this goes. But how ironic would it be if they draft a second or third round quarterback that comes in to beat Russ out of a job like Russ did when he beat out Matt Flynn? Yes, in Seattle. Russ isn't the biggest problem for this team. He's way down that list. Line play on both sides of the ball are your biggest issues. Happy New Year. Also, your two and Peyton system should make both coach and quarterback more comfortable. Let us hope that is the case. Agreed. Let us hope. Uh, from Larry and Clifton. Good morning, Jim and Buckeye. Watched the game and completely lost hope in this team playing well when they need to win. Broncos had a chance to make the playoffs and have completely choked the last few weeks. Also, Dylan this morning, I know it's not his fault, but Wilson holds on the ball too dang long every time. There are times Russ needs to get rid of it. There are some times where holding on to the ball too long looks like that because he has point half second to get rid yeah, of the ball. That's that's part of the problem, too. Uh, blaming Russell Wilson for that loss is hogwash. Giving up 14 points in seven seconds might just have something to do with that. Play calling and giving a relatively short field in the closing seconds and playing soft defense is not Russell's fault. 
Don't forget Wilson Love the comeback to tie it without Sutton. Yeah, you know. Brandon Johnson catching the, the touchdown. and Does, That's a very valid point that I completely forgot about, is that he didn't have Cortland Sutton. Couldn't go into the, the concussion there. protocol. Yeah. Yeah. All right, 8-16. So some, some sound from from the, the presser the other day. Sean Payton talking about the, the Broncos' offensive problems. I think so many times when we look at some of that stuff, it's self-inflicted problems, and that has to get cleaned up. That's communication. That might be having to reduce, you know, is there too much in? But right now we're, we're average to below average, I would say, in a lot of things offensively, and it's not good enough. And Sean's right about that. I mean, how many times the Broncos had a false start that's put them behind the chains, it's first and 15, and a guy that's been guilty of that a lot this year, and no, I'm not talking about 72 on the no, left side. we want to talk wasted money. <laughs> Mike McGlinchey has had his problems in his mm-hmm. first year playing right tackle for the Broncos. But here's Mike McGlinchey talking about consistency, execution, and capitalizing. Well, I think it just comes down to execution. Um, I, I truly believe that. I think it comes down to um, everybody being on the same page and, 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 you know, taking the opportunities that are given to us, whether the, the right play call, the right defensive look, and capitalizing. Um, obviously, we didn't do enough of that in the last two weeks, and, and it certainly um, hurt us in a big way. And it's a, it's a matter of playing consistently. It's a matter of playing um, with – great detail and knowing where, you know, how to protect better, how to run the ball better, how to, you know, throw the ball where it needs to be, how to get open better, whatever the issues have been. Um, it's just about doing it better and being more consistent because um, we've shown great things at, at times on offense this year um, and certainly um, was a huge part of the reason why we turned this thing around. Um, but we got to be more consistent when it matters the most. Yes, need to be better at, as you've referenced on here, capitalization. Yes. Need to capitalize better. And you look a lot better as a tackle when the other guy's Trent Williams. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Not saying. I'm just, <laughs> just, saying. just saying that 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 doesn't hurt. Yeah. Also, we flip it over to uh, the defensive side of the ball. Alex Singleton, who we've talked about today. Uh, Broncos top tackler. Um, they're not focusing on the things they can't control. I know personally, I'm just going to worry about the Chargers. Uh, you know, whether guys were, we, you know, going into last week, you know, it was kind of, you know, you had to win all three, you know, to control your own destiny. Uh, we, we didn't do that. So it's kind of forget whatever, you know, you wanted to think. It's like, we, we just got to, you know, prepare to beat the Chargers this weekend and uh, let everything else uh, take care of itself. All right. That's Alex Singleton. So the Broncos' chance of being making the playoffs right now, one point four percent after that loss. Me, there's a chance. They're they're not eliminated yet officially, but they need an awful lot of help. They are in twelfth in the AFC though, and there's a team ahead of them that they play not this week but next week. That would be the finale at uh, Allegant. Yeah. Against the Raiders. That's not looking like the gimme it was 10 weeks ago. No. No, definitely not. And, and so, yeah, when your playoff chances are 1.4%, that means you need a lot of help. A lot of help from other people for the for the Broncos to have a chance to, to get into the playoffs. Um, 
You know, this is the team he only won five in a row. Got them above. They got above five hundred. And you looked at. I, I thought. I thought they could win the last four games. I've been proven very, very wrong about that. I thought all of them were winnable, with the exception of maybe the Lions game. Yeah. Like with the times, times how the Lions have played, you had no real. Felt like you got to go in there, got a shot. Yeah. I did not expect them to play the way they did as poorly as they did against Houston and as poorly as they did against New England. You know, part of the thing that hurts the Broncos, the 4-6 and six conference record. That does not help. Head-to-head tiebreakers come into play. They have the advantage over Buffalo, but not over the Texans. Mm-hmm. Problem with the head-to-head against Buffalo is they're now two games ahead of you. Yeah, so it doesn't... You know, so that doesn't help you unless they lose out and you win out. Right, it, it, you're, that's going to require that. I mean, Denver could still win the AFC West. Yeah. Can you imagine if the Broncos at Raiders is an AFC West championship game? Yeah. Andy Reid would lose his lunch at that point. <laughs> he probably would. No nuggies for him. No nuggies for He would lose his appetite. No nuggies for Andy Reid. Uh, yeah, I... There's a lot of traffic there. Yes, there is. And and so for Denver, all they can do right now is is control what they can control, mm-hmm. which is beat the Chargers Sunday at home and then go to you know to Allegiant almost. See, now I'm on the point where I'm starting to I want to call it Allegiant. Damn you, Boomer. Oh, Allegiant and that uh in the in the season finale. Uh a couple other things around the NFL. The Ravens 49ers game averaged 27.2 million viewers. That's a 59% jump from last year's Christmas night game. Kind of makes you wish it was a better game, doesn't it? Yeah, no kidding. I thought it would be. I thought it would uh, be a much better game. I thought Baltimore going all the way across the country, Christmas night. Niners at home. Niners playing pretty well right now. Mm-hmm. I thought I didn't think it'd be a blowout either way. I thought close game, one score game. Niners probably find a way to get it done. No, no, not at all. And apparently, Mike Florio drawing the uh, of course from Pro Football Talk <laughs> drawing the fire of Lamar yeah. Jackson because Florio said that he thought the Ravens would go there and get their butts kicked. They just get stomped. Lamar Jackson's like, hey, how do, how do you like that, Mike Florio? How do you like that? This just goes to show you, again, like we talked about last hour, we have no idea what's going to happen week to week. The Ravens' three losses are to the Steelers, the Colts, and the Browns. Two teams that are not very good and one team that's good now that's not the same team that beat them. Like, this wasn't Joe Flacco's Browns, right? This was DTR right, and P.J. Walker beating... Baltimore in Baltimore. And so it's like we don't we don't really know anything. They're gonna play Miami and Pittsburgh the last two games. I could very well see Miami beating Baltimore in Baltimore. Yeah, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go show. We don't have Pittsburgh, any idea what's going on. Who knows? Pittsburgh, who knows? With Mason Rudolph. Who knows what's gonna happen there? That could be a win and end <laughs> for the Steelers. Could be. 
Who would have thought that a month ago? One other TV ratings note. Mentioned the the 27.2 on Christmas night for Ravens mm-hmm. Niners. Raiders Chiefs on uh, Christmas, 29 million watching that game. So for anybody that thinks the NFL seen its best days, this is a, a, a big reminder, big yeah. wake-up call. The NFL is still the big boy on the block. You know what I noticed Christmas Day, though? The NBA was running spots during football games to advertise their NBA slate. The NFL wasn't running commercials during the basketball games. <laughs> they didn't need to advertise they had games on that the, day. Everybody, NFL decided, you know what, a couple of years that. ago, this Christmas Day thing the NBA's got, it's a good mm-hmm. gig. Yeah. And this is a little bit byproduct of COVID. A little bit. Of, of going to cr- play on Christmas Day. And so it's like, hey, you know what? Unless it was just a regular sun, normal mm. Sunday schedule. But, hey, we should play games on Christmas Day. I would and not be surprised to see a Wednesday-Thursday triple header on Christmas in the coming years. Wouldn't shock me at all. Would not one iota shock me. Nope. Would not be a surprise at all. All right, 825. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll get somebody else qualified for uh, the Broncos Chargers tickets for this Sunday. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we're going to have Daryl the qualified last hour. So fifth texture, you get qualified. Once again, we have to remind you of this. Please don't play the game if you can't go to the game Sunday afternoon over in Denver. Don't play. So and we'll also too, you're just qualifying this hour. Yes. So Daryl's already in from hour one. Somebody will be in from this hour. Fifth texter, please put your first name, last you name. You just made text. the list. But we'll go Broncos on there. And the fifth texter gets qualified. We'll draw the winner coming up. We'll draw have one more qualifier next hour. Then at the end of the show, we'll draw our winner of the tickets. And uh, there, there are two tickets for the Broncos and Chargers this Sunday. And uh, once again, we're, the seats are... Section 315, row 16, seats 8 and 9, courtesy of Jude over at uh, Cruisers on Horizon Drive. Always a great place to watch the game. Lots of live music. Local bands play over there as well. Check it out, Cruisers uh, out on Horizon Drive. So your fifth, the fifth texter gets qualified for this hour. Send in your name right now to the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. We will take a break, and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for joining us today. Is Russ the problem? Because a lot of people seem to think that Russell Wilson is the problem. Why the why the Broncos lost on the uh, the Christmas Eve game to the Patriots? You can text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. The more more you look at, I mean, threw for two thirty eight, two touchdowns, didn't turn it over. Yes, he had a, a completion. It was a three yard loss and a screen pass to Samaje Pirine. That's that's not his fault. It wasn't a bad throw. And then two incompletions to P. Ryan again, and then to Lucas Kroll. He didn't give up, though, 
the the yardage that set up the game-winning field goal. He didn't give up the two touchdown passes by Bailey Zappi. Yeah, he wasn't in coverage at all. He didn't do Sunday. any. Didn't do any of those things. And so, if you're blaming it just on that, if you're just looking at that, that sequence, come on, man, really? We've talked about the numbers. The numbers are comparable to, to some of his best work. It's on par with the years that he took the Seahawks to the Super Bowl. And it's right in line with his career average. He's having a typical Russell Wilson season. Very true. And so, get some thoughts today. Text or call us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team, phone line 970-242-1340. Four down territory coming up in just a moment. But uh, over the next uh, couple of days, we'll bring back some of our our favorite interviews Mm -hmm. from uh, 2023. One of them was with one of our favorite guys, former Broncos Super Bowl champion, started a right tackle for Denver in Super Bowl 50, Ryan Harris, who uh, works for the Notre Dame Football Network, uh, also covers games for Westwood One. So your guy Joe Thomas is doing the Jets and uh, Browns game coming up tomorrow night for Westwood One. But anyway, uh, here's our uh, conversation previously with Ryan Harris from a couple of weeks ago. Joins us this morning. Ryan, it has been far too long. My friend, how you doing? Doing great, Jim. Always great to join the best morning show west of the Mississippi, my friend. I'm so glad you're getting those checks. I'm so glad you keep getting those. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate the plug, my friend. Uh, so uh, Westwood One, you've been working with them. Notre Dame, you, you continue to cover the Fighting Irish. Uh, what else is going on in the world of Ryan Harris these days? Uh, just a little bit of corporate speaking and then, uh, you know, playing a little Santa Claus. So, uh, you know, being... Uh, being a dad and with the Notre Dame season ending and um, just the Westwood One NFL stuff, got a little bit of more time. So got some skiing in, got some golfing in, and only in Colorado can you ski and golf in the same week. Uh, that's why we're, we're, we're blessed to live here. You know, we can do both in the same day on, on, on more occasions than people think. You can, you can actually do that. I, I, didn't, yeah. I, I was looking at your bio. I didn't realize you're fluent in Spanish. Are you, I think that's pretty cool that uh, you're bilingual. Yeah, man, and you know what's fun is the year we won Super Bowl 50, um, two other of my line mates, Lou Vasquez and Max Garcia, spoke Spanish. So in plays, we would speak Spanish because the defense, if you, if you say what you're going to do, especially the playoffs and guys who played you in your division a couple times, you speak English, they know exactly what you're saying. Uh, not a lot of defenders know Spanish, Jim. So we actually used it on the field, and uh, it's something I tell my kids. You know, Spanish is a skill. Learning Spanish is a skill. Learning any language is a skill. Um, but one I've enjoyed, and one I've uh, that's helped me win in the NFL. Yeah, see, so kids, if you're listening today, it pays to learn another language. It it, it pays off to do that. And and my Absolutely. wife's been do, she's been doing Duolingo for like th- two or three years now, and she. Uh, where I'm terrible at that, she is very dedicated and can actually speak and understand quite a bit. I'm I'm blown away by anybody that can can speak two languages because one is is a challenge for me. So, yeah. I, I, the I, man I, with the radio show, change <laughs> your mindset there, Peter Pan. You can I, fly. I okay, thank you. That's the kind of positivity <laughs> I need from you, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about where the Broncos are right now. Certainly, it's it's far better than than what what it was last year. Certainly, far better than the first six games of the season when the Broncos were. We're one in five, but uh, took a little bit of a playoff hit last weekend with that loss to a, to a team that you used to play for in the Houston Texans. Yeah, it was a tough loss. And look, I mean, 
Uh, everything was going the right way until you, know, you get a fumble by your defense and then you get a turnover the very next play. So it's a, it was tough. And then, of course, the final interception, the interception to Cortland Sutton, the second one, I mean, that was just – that's a great play uh, by that kid. I believe it was number 25 for the Texans. But, I mean, look, the Broncos are doing – are playing their best football. And do you lose sometimes playing your best football? Yes. Uh, huge test coming up this week now. I mean, you, you had a big test last week, didn't pass it on the road, and then you got another test now against the Chargers team whose defense is literally playing shutout football, and uh, Khalil Mack is back on uh, whatever whatever spaghetti and, and meatballs he was eating before because he's got 15 sacks and heading out for four straight games with two sacks each. And during the five-game winning streak, the Broncos' run game was very good. Uh, pass protection was much better for Russ. And part of that, I think, has been the, the consistency of, of the starting five on the offensive front. They've, they've had the, the five starting guys, and that's been it. Guys have stayed healthy. That's been been important. But just your when you've watched the Broncos, Ryan, just kind of your thoughts being a former NFL lineman of what you're seeing from this unit right now. It's not good enough. No way to, I mean, no way to dance around it. Look, as, as healthy as they've been, as much as the run game has been there, uh, in key moments, the protection is broken down and the blocking is broken down. I mean, even Javante Williams having to convert on a fourth and one had to fight through two defenders behind, behind the line of scrimmage. That can't happen. It, it, you know, so uh, I credit the coaches for calling the run games and the different types of runs, pitch runs, gut runs, you know, quick counts, things like that, the hut one, hut two, hut three, those plays. Um, but by any measure, this offensive line, is, as good and as healthy as they've been, need to play far better. I mean, going into the game, Russell Wilson was under pressure 41% of the time. And then in that game, he got sacked three times and hit eight times and much of that early in the game. So uh, as the team continues to build, the offensive line has to play better, and I, I believe they tell you that as well. Who's been the biggest disappointment on that offensive line? Is it a guy like Mike McGlinchey because of the money they're paying him? <laughs> I mean, is that where, where would you start as far as a guy that is, has underperformed and then maybe a guy that is exceeded your expectations well i think they've all underperformed you know uh garrett Bowles has to be better ben powers has to be better lloyd cushionberry as much of an improvement as he's made i mean he got a he, he got a snap infraction on a kneel down play jim that's never happened before how do you get a false start on six right type victory you literally have to do nothing so these are the kinds of things i'm talking about and, and you know it's 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 always tough for a lineman to say who's the most disappointing because look I mean, it's not just the offensive line. You can't have two catches and to call yourself an elite wide receiver in the NFL, right? Elite wide receivers have eight to nine catches for 112 to 70 yards. That's what happens. You don't got any of those weapons yet, as much as Cortland Sutton's been doing well. So at the end of the day, everyone has to play better, and no one is exempt from that. Last week, the Broncos were 0 for 11 on third down. And I just, you know, that, that, that you know, added to the problems they had last week against the Texans that that front did a nice job Will Anderson in particular uh the, the young man for the the Houston Texans uh really got after Russell Wilson but like you said the offensive line yeah they've underperformed but then you look at the last what uh, I think six or seven games Russ has been under 200 yards passing where yeah Russ until last week he's done a nice job touchdown interception ratio has been really good he's been good in the red zone but they're gonna have to count on him to do more they have to they, he has to be able to do more in the passing game and some of this also falls uh, onto the onto the shoulders of Russell Wilson and, and not being more proficient, being more explosive in the passing game. 
I, I would. I mean, I agree with that. I understand where that comes from, but you got to remember, he's the only quarterback in the NFL without a tight end. Hello, right? I mean, True. like that's one position. Who's his third receiver, right? So I mean, like conversely, when you look at you know uh, if you if you watch the Bengals game, you got T Higgins, you got Jamar Chase. You just don't have those guys, right? You got the the young kid out of I believe it's Kraft, right? Out of or McBride, excuse me, out of uh, um, CSU at tight end. You don't have a tight end. Greg Dulcich has been injured his entire career. Let's just face it and say what it is. Greg Dulcich, as good and as promising as he's been, has not stayed healthy. All right, You need two tight ends that can play football. You got none. And even the, the last interception to the Texans, um, that tight end had just gotten activated that week. Right, So I get it that people want more from Russell Wilson, who, oh, by the way, has uh, had just gotten, I believe it was his 39th come-from-behind victory in that five-game win streak. So what the Broncos are doing, they're playing conservative football, they're running the ball, and, and you know what? They're waiting for other teams to make a mistake, and they're leaning on their defense, which has produced multiple turnovers for six straight games now. So it's a, it's a good recipe. I think Russ is there. And we also have to understand that Russ's weapons look very, very different than anyone else in the NFL. Do you have a tight end like Travis Kelsey? Do you have a wide receiver like Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs? Do you have a tight, Do you have a wide receiver like Keenan Allen? The answer is no, 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 no. Do you have a Devontae Adams? No, right? So, yes, you want more from your quarterback. And, I mean, everybody's going to make something this holidays, and the ingredients matter, and the ingredients are not top class like the other, other NFL uh, wide receivers and skill positions. And, and so your feelings with Cortland Sutton, that I and I think Cortland Sutton's had a, an outstanding season, but Cortland Sutton's maybe not. He's not WR one. He's not a number one guy. He in probably in some teams, you know, depending on you know the weapons like you referenced on some of those teams, would probably be your your, your second wide receiver, not your number one guy. Well, your second and your third. I mean, yeah. you know, Nico Collins for the Texans. He was the second wide receiver, sometimes the third. He had a heck of a game against the Broncos. Where's that game been from Jerry Judy? Look. Cortland Sutton has made some amazing plays, including another touchdown. I mean, that last touch, when he's falling down into the ground, catching that ball, that few receivers can make that play. And where's Jerry Judy? Where's a single game for Jerry Judy with seven receptions, over 100 yards, and two touchdowns? And it's not because the other teams are taking him out of the game plan. They don't have to, Jim, and that's a problem, right? So uh, Cortland Sutton, and, and he's got the stats. He's going to have the most touchdowns in his career. That's great. But, I mean, I, I talked with the Hall of Famer, uh, Broncos Hall of Famer, and he asked me, he said, you know, I don't care about how many touchdowns you got. How many yards do you have? If you have 12 touchdowns on 700 yards, that doesn't matter to me, <laughs> right? So that's a different, again, type of caliber. Corlin Sutton's having the best season of his career, and even at his best, you still need two other rece- receiving targets that threaten the defense, and the Broncos just don't have it. All right, that's our uh, recent conversation with uh... – Broncos uh, Super Bowl 50 champion, Ryan Harris. Always appreciate uh, catching up with uh, Ryan Harris. We'll have more of our best of 2023 interviews uh, coming up tomorrow and Friday as well on the program. Just a reminder, by the way, that uh, tomorrow and Friday, just a special holiday uh, two-hour shows. Uh, tomorrow we'll have the Fenway Bowl at 9 o'clock, and then we'll, uh, we'll uh, get out of here a little bit early on Friday. Uh, for uh, the, the holiday weekend uh, once again. So uh, do keep that in mind. All right, 843, and we have another qualifier for the Broncos Chargers tickets, courtesy yes. of Cruisers. Yes, we do. David. You just made the list. All right, so Daryl and David, 
mm-hmm. both in. We'll have the drawing next hour. We'll qualify one more person next hour for the Broncos Chargers tickets for the game this Sunday. And once again, I want to thank Jude over at the Cruisers on Horizon Drive uh, for uh, providing uh, the tickets. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. Four Down Territories on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. All right, welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. It is a wine about a Wednesday. Normally give you a bottle of Talon wine, but today we are not uh, the only... The prize you're giving away today, two tickets to the Broncos and the Chargers game. Your chance to get qualified coming up next hour, courtesy of uh, Cruisers out on Horizon Drive. They also have the Orchard Mesa location as well. Don't want to leave that out. All right, it's time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with first down. We talked about the NFL ratings, the historic Mm -hmm. ratings, the the 29 million, the Chiefs and the Raiders, uh, highest rated Christmas Day game since like 1989. Well, there are those that want to see the NFL fail, and they have for a long time. Among them is UFC fighter Colby Covington, who decided to go on certain channel Newsmax to talk about his recent loss in the octagon, but also about NFL ratings, which I'm not exactly sure what that has to do with him fighting the octagon. But he made the comment, it's he talks about well, he's demoronies against vaccinations. He says it's disgusting, it's despicable. What Travis Kelsey's done, referring to the Pfizer commercials that promote getting your flu shot and getting your, your COVID shot. He says how ironic the NFL is going through some of the worst ratings they've ever had in history. And all of a sudden, they're going to get one of the most famous people on earth that's going to start having a fake relationship with one of their players. And then they're putting that same player in a position to be an advocate for a double shot. He went on to say, I'm against vaccines, but I'm pro-choice. And I think you should be able to decide what's healthy for your body. Okay, I don't know if he's, I think he's a little confused on that. But anyway. Where where was this interview <laughs> It's on Newsmax. Oh, imagine that. Yes. Yeah. That channel for those of you that... Intrigue. Dig that content. There you go. Anyway. He he, uh, he might want to retire. Sounds like he's been punched in the head I was going to say, it sounds like too many shots yeah. in the head for Colby Covington because the Raiders-Chiefs game mm-hmm. had the best Christmas Day ratings I mentioned since 1989. Ravens-Niners that night drew 27 million plus. Second most watched Monday night football game in 27 years. Only trailing the Eagles and Chiefs week 11 of this season. Yeah. In the last five weeks, Monday night football is there. The two most watched games in 27 years. Yeah. He might need to think about retirement because maybe or maybe homework might be a good idea. Do your homework, buddy. And also, if Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are a fake relationship, who cares? I don't care. Who really cares? Because I'm not watching the, the NFL because of their relationship. Right. I don't I don't give a rat's patootie. It's like, dude, know the facts. Okay, your other stuff about, about whatever. Who cares? I don't care. That's your right to have your opinion. It's ridiculous as it, I think it is. But get your facts right, okay? He's being wrong and hilariously wrong, which is what happened this week. Which is what happened with this guy. 
All right, second down. Keep it on the NFL. Mike McDaniel, colorful Miami Dolphins head coach. Of course, they have that hard knock show, mm-hmm. the in-season show on, on Max right now. Where There's a clip. I wish I could have played it, but I, I can't. Can't. Because McDaniel standing behind a smiling Dan Marino shouts, yeah, Dan Marino, we're coming for your records, Dan. Bleep your records, Dan. <laughs> and here's the thing. McDaniel and Marino have a really good relationship. It's not that it's contentious. Marino's 5,084 passing yards, 48 touchdowns, and 84. Still franchise records. Because Tua's not going to surpass either one. Mm-hmm. 4,214 with a couple of games to go. And so he'd really have to go and ball out to, to make that happen. He also has only 26 touchdowns. But there's also, I just saw the, the text that uh, McDaniel sent to Peyton Manning, that Manning put on the Manning cast because yeah. he wanted to contact him about <laughs> talking about the Dolphins. And yeah. he, it's like, well, you're bleeping Peyton Manning. Of course I've Peyton, got time. Of course I've got time for you. I love I love Mike McDaniel. He comes across just, I wish I knew about him this way when he was a down roster assistant for the Browns under Kyle Shanahan and Whoever was the terrible head coach at the time. Hugh Jackson, maybe. I don't know. Sounds right, yeah. Can you imagine, though, if they had a quarterback that was not anybody but Johnny Manziel? Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan. Can you imagine? Just imagine those days. Could have been been impressive. That would have been rather interesting. All right, we go to third down. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, that sound means I must have audio for this one. And I do. This is from Fox in the Giants. An Eagles game. Damn, uh, this is news to all of us at halftime seeing Tyrod Taylor take over for Tommy DeVito. What have you found out? Well, I had a lovely conversation with Brian Dable. He uh, kept it from me, but it turns out it's just a coach's decision. Guess he's not satisfied with DeVito's performance. DeVito still continues to throw and warm up on the sideline, but he's out. Kept it a secret for another 60 seconds. He's probably trying to find room. So Tommy DeVito, baby, got benched for Tyrod Tyrod Taylor. And until the medical staff gets a hold of Tyrod, and then DeVito's back in there. (laughs) Well, he's not the Chargers anymore. That's true. He'll be okay. It won't collapse his lung probably in New York. Now, this is not to bring back in Carissa Thompson But Tommy might have somebody that might take care of Tyrod's knees, perhaps. I don't know. Does Brian Dayball owe her, if she doesn't ask about it, should he volunteer that information? What do you? What kind of changes are you making at the second half? Well, we're going to change quarterbacks. Or does she have to specifically ask personnel in order to get that information? She seems a little perturbed. Not, you know, super insulted, but just kind of like, hey, you didn't tell me. Should he have? Doesn't have to. I don't think he has no, to either. Doesn't have to. Uh, and a couple things about the first responder bowl. TSN noted Canadian sports outlet tweets out Texas State takes the first responder bowl over Rice with a game winning field goal only problem it was halftime 24-21 and I understand how they could get caught with the big old halftime on the score bug at the lower third that's that's one thing another thing is this tweet from Steve Richards only at a Texas State bowl game would a beer stand run out of booze before <laughs> halftime. Part of me is not surprised and honestly kind of proud, but also, seriously, how does this happen? <laughs> Thinkers versus drinkers. Drinkers always win. 
Somebody didn't prepare. Somebody didn't didn't know their audience Somebody there. Apparently, didn't read up on the old Texas State <laughs> and Scott Bakula. <laughs> oh, is Sinbad throwing blocks for him? <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kathy Ireland kicking field goals. Yeah, what's uh, what's his name? Oh, and Jason oh, Bateman. Jason Bateman. Thank you. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Ozark. He's out there running around. Rest of development. And- yeah. Hector Elizondo is the assistant. Robert Loggia. Or Hector Elizondo was the head coach. Yeah. Loggia was his assistant. Yeah. assistant. Yeah. With Rob Schneider as their play-by-play guy. <laughs> oh, they went closed circuit. Yeah. Campus, <laughs> campus TV or whatever Campus radio or whatever. All right. That's four down territory. We'll qualify another uh, uh, member of the pile for those Broncos. Chargers tickets next hour. Dexter Collis. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Coming up next, we'll talk with the voice of the CSU Rams. Brian Roth joins us next. Talk a little Rams basketball as Isaiah Stevens becomes the uh, CSU uh, Rams all-time leading scorer this past weekend. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com.